So last week we finished our series on the Ten Commandments. We called it Vital Signs because just like medical vital signs indicate physical health, how we are doing in keeping the Ten Commandments can tell us about our spiritual health. Uh, last week, Pastor Brett challenged us to do a health check to look at the Ten Commandments and see how we are doing. And so let's just go ahead and take a moment to do that uh, now. And just on a scale, I like to use scales of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest. Um, how would you say you are doing with each of these uh, commandments? Uh, go ahead and put the commandments on the screen. Now, now our salvation doesn't depend on keeping the commands. However, Jesus lived by them and calls us to do the same. And so how are we doing in keeping the commands? You know, just give yourself a score on each one. Be as honest as you can with yourself. Um, you're not going to share these with anyone. This is just for you. Uh, but remember, there is a principle behind each command. You know, like what Jesus said about murder and adultery, adultery. where we can break those commands without literally committing murder and adultery. Uh, murder has to do with honoring others' existence. Adultery has to do with honoring the sacredness of marriage. There are principles behind each command. And so with that in mind, just take a minute and give yourself a score for each one. Now, our salvation doesn't depend on keeping the commands. We are saved by grace, not works. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus rose from the dead. That's the gospel. It's real, and it changes everything. I want us to use our time this morning to ask a question, though. Maybe it's a question you've asked a million times. Maybe you've never asked it before. What is the purpose of God's grace? What is the purpose of God's grace? The Bible tells us it is in God's nature to be gracious and merciful. It's just who God is. But that doesn't mean there isn't a reason for it. What is God trying to accomplish when he is gracious and merciful to us? Now, the answer, of course, is not... So we can live however we want. God's grace is not a license to sin. The thinking that goes, God will forgive us, so it's no big deal what we do. Well, that line of thinking actually mocks God's grace. Now, the simple answer could be, while the purpose of God's grace is to get us to heaven, and I agree with that, but then why all the instructions for how to live on earth? Why give the Ten Commandments if the only purpose of God's grace is to get us to heaven? Is, is there, there a more down-to-earth purpose for God's grace? The scripture for this morning is Romans chapter 7, verses 18 to 25. Go ahead and turn there in your Bibles, uh, if you have your Bibles handy. Romans is the sixth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the book of Acts, and then Romans. Uh, you can also look it up on your phones. There's just two things I want to say about this passage real quick. First is it can be a little difficult to follow Paul's line of thought here. You'll experience that in a second. It gets a little confusing, uh, so we may need to focus uh, to follow along here. But then second is that I can really relate to what Paul is describing. I'm confident that all of us will be able to relate what Paul is talking about. Our scripture reader this morning is Andy Climes. Uh, Andy, please make your way up to the podium. As he does, I'm going to ask if you're able, please uh, uh, stand and face the center of the room. And we stand because we believe this is the word of God. And we read from the center of the room 
to remind us that God's word is central to our lives. It is the primary lens we use to determine how we live. And so, Andy, whenever you are ready, please read Romans chapter 7, verses 18 to 25. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. And thank you very much. You may be seated. In my college years, I was a youth group volunteer at church, and there was a camp that the church sent high school kids up to. And so as a volunteer, I would go up to this camp for a couple days uh, with the high school students. Um, One year, this camp had a newly made mud pit, and they used this new mud pit to play different games, like, you know, tug of war or even flag football. And even a kid's game like Steal the Bacon is fun if you play it in a mud pit. Um, Now, the problem with this mud pit is that it was new which means while they made sure that there were no larger rocks in it, uh, they didn't get all the pebble size stones out of it. And so the first time they used it, they used the mud pit, everyone who played in it ended up with cuts on their legs and arms, including me. And so a couple of students needed to get their wounds cleaned. And what the camp nurse used to disinfect the wounds was iodine. Yes, thank you. Those of you who said, ow, you had iodine, all right? Now, iodine works as a disinfectant, but it is very painful. The stinging is very painful. And I watched student after student respond to the pain of the iodine. Now, I also had cuts on my arms that needed to be cleaned. But as I was watching these students, I'm like, no way. I am not getting any iodine on my arms. But the nurse looked at me, she looked at my arms, and she laid some guilt trip on me. You know, you really should be a good role model for the students. So she proceeded to put iodine on my my arms. Now, it wasn't childbirth pain, but it was still really painful. And the nurse wasn't very gracious about it either. She just made me endure the pain in order to avoid a serious infection. Again, we were playing in the mud. And so the cuts in the mud needed to be addressed. And no matter how painful it might have been, it needed to be cleaned. And the nurse had no sympathy for our pain. It was almost like she was giving us what we deserved for playing in the mud. Now, given how painful the iodine was, a little grace from her would have been nice. Healing, healing can be painful, which gives us a little insight into the purpose of God's grace. Spiritually, we are in a painful situation. Going back to Romans 7, verse 18, where it says, 
For I know the good, for I know that good itself doesn't dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do. But the evil I do not want to do, this I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Now, while it can be a little challenge to follow Paul's line of thought, the ancient Roman poet Horace said it this way. I pursue the things that have done me harm. I shun the things that will do me good. Those of us in Christ, we have two natures. We have the spirit which beckons us to do what is right. So we have the desire to do good, but we cannot carry it out. As Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The sinful nature pushes us to do that which is sinful. We want to do good, but evil is right there with us. And we often give in to our sinful nature. Colossians 3 says, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. The old self is the self with the sinful nature. The new self is the one that comes with Christ. It is the one being renewed in the image of our creator. Let's not just gloss over that statement. In Christ, we are being renewed in the image of our creator. Renewed into the image of God in Christ. God is restoring us into our original glory. That is a really big deal. We are being made new. Now, I'm not a huge, you know, car guy. I'm not really big into cars. Yet, I do love seeing old classic cars that have been restored into their original glory. And I know that there are car shows that we can go and see all kinds of restored classic cars, but I love seeing the restored classic cars on the road. And I get it, with all the work, you don't want to risk an accident or expose those beautiful cars to the wear and tear of the road or expose them to adverse weather. And I wouldn't encourage, I would not encourage any classic car owner to drive their cars more than necessary. But cars are meant to be on the road. And so anytime I see a restored classic car on the road, see, I just love that. We are being renewed into the image of our creator so that we are restored to our original glory. Not simply to be on display in some heavenly showroom, but to be on the road, living life the way God intended us to live it. The Bible says we are being renewed. But does that seem like that's happening? Do we always feel like we're being renewed? Or can you relate to Paul, 
Going back to Romans 7, verse 22, where it says, For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? I don't do the good that I want to do. I do the evil that I don't want to do. And that drives us crazy. (laughs) We do the evil that we do not want to do. And it makes us feel weak. It seems like we don't have the strength to do what is right. And this reality impacts every area of our lives. When I was a kid, I didn't study for tests. I played video games. This weekend, I didn't eat healthy and exercise. I ate pumpkin pie and I watched football. Our whole lives is this never-ending struggle. I know the good that I want to do. And I just don't do it. And I can relate to Paul. What a wretched man. I am. And that is where grace comes in. God's renewing us in the image of our creator. He's restoring us into the image of his son, Jesus. And that's a form of healing. And healing can be painful. Just like restoring a car doesn't happen overnight. It requires patience. God gives us the grace we need when we fail. Going back to Romans 7, one more time, verses 24 and 25. What a wretched man I am, who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. Thanks be to God, who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. God knows. God knows that our sinful nature needs to die. And God knows how painful it is for us to give it up. To give up our sinful desires, or as Jesus said, to deny ourselves, it hurts. And God knows how easy it is to just give in to our sinful nature. It's so much easier. And so God gives us the grace we need until we get it right. Romans 8 says, therefore, there there is is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. It may not always seem like it, but we We are being restored. Outwardly, we are wasting away. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. He who began a good work in us will be careful to finish it. God is actively restoring us to our original glory, to be the people he intended us to be in the first place. And how will we know when that is happening? How will we know when the law of the Spirit gives life to us? What does being renewed look like? Well, on Thanksgiving, Pastor Brett shared that God's grace to us should lead to more grace from us. And that's 100% true. God's grace to his people 
should lead to us being people of grace. But there is more. If the law of the Spirit is at work in us, then that will lead to the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, this is another really good vital sign list. Think about who you were five to ten years ago and compare that to now. Do the words love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control describe you more or less than five to ten years ago? You see, these things only increase in us if the Spirit is working in us. Some people think that these things just increase in us as we age. That's That's not not true. true. Age alone won't give us these traits. We've all encountered older people who are crabby. In fact, we have a name for them. We call them the get-off-my-lawn kind of people. That's who they are. We are called to cooperate with the Spirit working in us. It doesn't just happen. Working out the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Now, we live in a culture that will tell us either... You're fine just how you are. You don't need to change. People just need to accept you for who you are. Or, they'll tell us, people can't change. At least not much, and neither will you. Look, we need to be accepted, but we do need to change. And in the power of the Spirit, we can change. Don't believe the lie of the culture that we are just who we are. And the way we are is the way we're always going to be. Don't believe it. God is transforming us by his grace. It doesn't happen without pain. Our sinful nature needs to die. And anytime a part of us dies, it hurts. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen without failure. Which is why God gives us grace. The purpose of God's grace is to give the Spirit the space to work on our lives as our sinful nature dies. God's grace gives the Spirit the space to infuse into us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I've used this example before, but let's say you're a student And your teacher says to you midterm, it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to fail this class. You can do all the homework, study as hard as you want, but no matter, none of it will matter, you are going to fail this class. Now, if your teacher tells you that, what will your response be? Well, you should just quit, right? Why bother trying if you're going to fail anyway? Just throw in the towel and quit trying. Look, Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we would quit. Jesus didn't rise from the dead so we would walk away. Jesus died and rose again so that our sins would not count against us. And if our sins do not count against us, then we can keep striving to be who God intended us to be. 
God's grace demands from us, don't you dare quit. God's grace says, how many tries do you need? I know you want to get this right. I know your sinful nature is holding you back. Jesus paid the price for you. The Spirit is at work in you. How many tries do you need to get this right? The gospel changes everything. God's grace will give you as many chances as you need. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The Bible says against such things there is no law. Well, the reason that there is no law against the fruit of the Spirit is because of things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If those things define who you are, you will never break the law. Look hard at your life. Are you sure there has been no life change in you at all? Are you sure about that? Look for any change. And let that encourage you to keep going. And when we fail, lean on God's grace, knowing that God will give you another try to become like his son. One of our directives here at TFRC is transform lives, where we live visibly different lives because of our faith in Jesus. That is the purpose of God's grace, to live visibly different lives because of our faith in Jesus, to help us through the pain of denying our sinful nature, to give the Spirit the space to bring the fruit of the Spirit into our lives, to give us as many chances as we need, to be transformed from evil to good, from death to life, so that our lives will never be the same. We are changed to be restored to the people we were created to be in the first place. Please pray with me. And Lord, we do stand in awe of your grace and your mercy, and your goodness. And Lord, I would ask that as we consider your goodness and your graciousness, that that would motivate us to keep moving forward in our faith. And Lord, to look for ways that the Spirit is infusing the fruit of the Spirit into our lives. And Lord, help us to endure the pain of denying ourselves, letting our sinful nature die, and Lord, giving ourselves to the law of the Spirit in obeying you and what you've called us to do and be. And it's in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Receive God's blessing. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.